are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lots On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Lots On podcast network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website. It's MillerThomas24.MyPortfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you could get a discount on your first order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. We got a jam-packed show for you guys. Uh, today's a non-tender deadline, so I want to talk about uh, some guys who got non-tender today who I think could be interesting targets for the D-backs, mostly outfielders. Well, all three are going to be outfielders. I got a trade candidate as well for the D-backs, a guy who's rumored to be on the market. Then finally, AZ Snake Pit. They do a great job of doing their player reviews after the season, and they just did Eduardo Espar, so we're going to look through it. And decide and give our review of Eduardo Espar during the 2020 season because we know it wasn't pretty, so this should be good. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the age of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast, Locked On Diamondbacks, to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I rate to the most reasonable round. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockedOnDiamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And please, always interact with me on Twitter. Please tweet at the account, me, my personal account, or the LockedOnDiamondbacks account. Now, let's get right into it and... For those of you that don't know, today is the non-tender trade, or not trade deadline, but the non-tender deadline. So basically, you have to decide, for some of your guys who are still arbitration eligible, you have to decide, are you going to give them a, a contract, basically, in the next season? Today's the, the day to decide, well, we're either going to keep negotiating for the next couple of months and either try to give you a contract or go through arbitration to give you a contract, but either way, we want you on the team next season. If a team decides to non-tender you, then you immediately become a free agent. So a lot of guys today, not you know, it's not every person on every roster, but guys like a Gary Sanchez on the Yankees, uh, Eddie Rosario on the Twins, who we might talk about here in a couple minutes. Uh, there's some interesting names out there who got non-tendered today. So, so what I want to do is go through the three outfielders I have them and I have here and decide whether the well, I do think the deep actually target these guys, but. Let's go through them and let's see the pros and cons of each one and why the D-backs should or shouldn't go after these three guys because these three players I don't think will be ridiculously expensive and I think they're quality players as well and for a team like the D-backs, you know, who don't want to break the bank this offseason, for a team like the D-backs who don't really want to spend a lot of money, I don't think you'll I don't think you will have to with these three players, so let's jump right into it. 
And the first one we'll start off with is the Twins outfielder I just mentioned, Eddie Rosario. And this guy might be the most expensive of the bunch. He would probably command the highest contract, but still, I don't think he'll be a guy that's very expensive uh, either way, because if you look at his last few seasons, he's been a pretty good player for the Twins. He's been a guy who has a pretty good amount of power from the outfielder spot. He's been a guy to average about 28 home runs a season over his six-year career. He's been a 277 hitter for his career. Now, the biggest con probably about Eddie Rosario is that he doesn't get on base a ton for his career. Only a 310 OBP, but what he doesn't make up for, what he doesn't, what he lacks for, I should say, a non-base percentage. He more than makes up for in power, his slugging percentage, career 478, but OPS has been above a 800 the last three seasons, above an 800 OPS from 2017 to 2019, and in 2020, it was a 792, so it was pretty close to that 800 mark, and 32 home runs in 2019, 109 ribbies, a 276 batting average. Yeah, he's not going to get on base a ton, but he's a slugger. He's going to give you that middle of the order production. And I like Eddie Rosario. And he's a guy who has been an MVP candidate. He was top 18 in MVP voting the last couple of seasons. If you take that into account, if you care anything about MVP voting when it's outside of the top five, he's been a top 20 MVP guy. And if you look at his war, it's nothing crazy. A 1.7 2019, but I'm not a war guy. And and the war tells you he's a negative defensive player, but deep back to a team that's always been great defensively. So I think they could manage, even though he's a negative negative defender, I think they could manage. I think they always have enough guys on their roster to, co- to cover up some defensive holes and defensive warts that uh, Eddie Rosario might have. You don't have to play him in center field. Maybe put Cole Calhoun or David Peralta in center field and you could put Eddie Rosario in the corner outfield. So even though it might be the most expensive of the three options, he also might be the most productive of the three options I'm going to give you today. So the pros for Eddie Rosario could be a middle of the lineup kind of guy power hitting slugger but the cons he might be a little bit expensive maybe around eight to ten million but i don't think that's too much for the d-backs uh even though they don't want to give guys double digit salaries he he might come in at you know six to eight million as well i anywhere between six to ten i could see rosario realistically getting and then also he's just not great on getting on base but I think the pros outweigh the cons in this situation. So if the D-backs want to, I would be fine with giving Eddie Rosario a contract. And who knows, if the DH is kept in the National League in 2020 or 2021, I should say, Eddie Rosario would be a perfect candidate for the DH spot as well. Next up is a former Colorado Rocky, and this is David Dahl. David Dahl is still a guy who's only 26 years old, but the thing about David Dahl He's consistently injured. In 2016, he only played 63 games, but he was a rookie, so he won't look too far into it. He missed all of 2017. 2018, he only played 77 games. Only played 100 games in 2019. Only played 24 in 2020. And because of that, his his 2020 season was not good. He didn't play a full season. Only batted 183, a 222 OBP. His numbers across the board Weren't very good in 2020, but a lot of that could just been been because he only played 24 games and he dealt with injuries. And that's honestly the biggest con about David Dahl. You don't know how many games you're gonna get when he's playing. You know he's always you know he's gonna get hurt. That's been his MO throughout his whole career. He missed the whole 2017 season because of injury, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy since. But when he has played outside of 2020, he's been a dynamite kind of player. Back in 2019, just last year, he was an all-star last year. Bad 302, 15 home runs, 
353 OBP, 877 OPS. The guy was really solid last year, and he was more, more than solid, actually, because he was good enough to make an all-star team, but still only played 100 games. So when you're getting David Dole, you know you're going to get an all-star uh, level player, possibly, potentially, but you just don't know how many games he's going to play. So for the D-backs, you have to bake in some extra insurance. If you go out there and sign David Dole, you can't expect him to be your everyday outfielder. You're going to have to have other guys uh, on your roster that you that you feel comfortable with starting in case the David Dahl go, uh gets hurt. Maybe you, you trusted Tim LaCastro to take over an everyday starting center fielder position if it came to that. But David Dahl definitely could be a buy-low option this season. Uh, he's played uh, center field throughout his career. He played 17 games at center this season. He's played a, a good amount of games at center field throughout the majority of his career. So that would be a perfect uh, plug and play for the Diamondbacks. But how many games will he be able to play if you do sign him? That, that's a big question. So for David Dahl, the pros, you could get potentially an all-star outfielder for the cheap, but for the cons... He might only play half the season, so you're going to have to get some extra insurance with him. So for the D-backs, for a guy who I don't think will cost more than a few million dollars, a few million bucks, maybe three to five million, maybe a prove-it deal, I would definitely give David Dahl that. If I could give him one year, eight million dollar prove-it deal to stay healthy and potentially give him a bigger contract the next offseason, I would definitely do that for David Dahl. Now, I had one more outfielder to give you guys, but... Actually, looking at the non-tender list, there's a guy on here that didn't even realize got non-tendered today because the news didn't break too long ago. I'm recording this pod at 7.47 p.m. on a Wednesday night, and I'm looking at the non-tender list and look at who got non-tendered today, a guy who would be perfect for the Diamondbacks, who would be greatly needed in the back end of the bullpen, Archie Bradley. Who wouldn't be happy with the D-backs bringing back Archie Bradley? The D-backs still have a need at closer. I thought Archie Bradley was pretty good with the D-backs in 2020. Now, his ERA looks a little inflated at the because it was above a four before he left with the Dimebacks. But really, he only had one bad inning with the D-backs. He had one inning where he gave up three earned runs, but in the other 7.2 innings pitch, uh 7.2 innings he pitched, he only gave up two earned runs. So that's why his ERA was above a four with the D-backs, but still. His ERA with the Cincinnati Reds was actually 1.17, and he finished the season with 2.95 ERA. So you know he was good throughout the year. He had 18 strikeouts and 18.1 innings pitched. So his strikeouts per nine was a little bit lower than we might have expected at just an 8.8, but the guy was still really good this year. A 1.5 walks per nine, which would be a career low. I thought he was pretty solid when I watched him this season, even though his ERA was above a four when he was with the D-backs. I thought he did pitch better than what that ERA showed so the D-backs they need another relief pitcher they need a closer the D-backs fans uh would absolutely love to see Archie Bradley back uh in a D-backs uniform I would be happy to see Archie Bradley back in D-backs uniform he just brought a different fire a different flair around the team a different energy that I think you need I think your ball uh, a ball club needs because this team really lost some life after the trade deadline when Starring Marte left and Archie Bradley left it was really a, a lack of energy emitting from this team. So I think bringing Archie Bradley back could be the first step in resetting this Diamondbacks culture. Now, coming up, we're going to look at Arizona Snake Pits, Eduardo Escobar review, and we're going to give our own review about Eduardo Escobar. But first, 
I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now, the reason why I love Built Bars is because they're great for the health-conscious guy like me. They help me lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. I think that I'm eating a candy bar, but I'm actually being tricked because it's really a protein bar. And get this, the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, High protein and high fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to builtbar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. You get a, you can you can get a free Kohler with purchase while supplies last. Just go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on. You'll get twenty percent off your next order. That's promo code locked on for twenty percent off at builtbar.com. Let's get back into it and let's look at that AZ Snake Pit review of Eduardo Escobar because we all were disappointed with Eduardo Escobar in 2020. He was an utter disappointment this season and it's really sad too, but actually before I get into this AZ Snake Pit Eduardo Escobar review, let me give you guys my one trade candidate for the D-backs because this guy is a guy who I had on my fantasy team this year, and he really helped carry my squad to the playoffs. I was one game away from the fantasy championship. I, I came a game short, lost in the semifinals, but I, I it wasn't because of this guy, because he absolutely carried me the whole season. That was Lance Lynn, and the thing with Lance Lynn, he's a little bit older. He's going to be 34 next season, but he had 13 starts this year, led the American League in innings pitch, led the American League in batter's face, still had a 9.5 strikeouts per nine, a 3.32 ERA. He's been really good the last two years for the Rangers. I think he's gone pretty unnoticed. Had over 200 innings pitch last year in 2019. What a 10.6 strikeouts per nine. Somehow, I think this dude might be on the juice. I don't know because he's gone better with the strikeout rates the last three years ever since he got to Texas or not ever since he got to Texas but really the last three years the strikeout rates have gone up it's been above a nine the last three years so he's kind of figured out how to get back to the K zone and get back to striking out dude something he did early in his career before taking a little bit of a dip but Lance Lynn, I think, is back to being dominant. He started his career on fire with the Cardinals before falling off a little bit. But now, it seems like he's back again. And if the D-backs can go out there and acquire this dude, I think that would be huge for this team. He's a workhorse. He can go out there and not be tired. And he's a true... He's a true resetter of your rotation when your team is struggling. Maybe you go on a three-game losing streak. You give this guy the ball, and you're going to get a win that day, guaranteed. So... I love Lance Lynn. He's been a Cy Young candidate the last two years. He's been top six, not top 18 like Eddie Rosario. He's been top six in Cy Young voting the last two years. So if the D-backs can go out there, 
acquired the glance Lynn. He's going to be expensive. I don't know. I, I, I know. I know the D-backs don't want to have to shell out the kind of money for a guy like Lance Lynn, who's, who is scheduled to make $9.3 million in 2021. But think about it like this. That's $6 million less than Madison Bumgarner. And he's going to be twice the pitcher that Bumgarner is. So even though you're going to be paying another guy close to double digits, you're going to get a true bona fide ace and a guy who at the tail end of his career could give you another two maybe three solid years and get your team into playoff contention before he starts falling off the map. So go get your Lancelin. I'll kind of look at this move like what the Suns did with acquiring Chris Paul. Now, I don't think Lancelin is as good as Chris Paul, but they're both older guys. They're both all-star uh, players, and they got a couple years left, and if you bring them in, they can make you instant playoff contenders. So I think a Lancelin would... Help this team out tremendously and put some more W's in that win column. Now let's look at the AZ Snake Pick article about Eduardo Escobar. And I know they were hurt writing this one because they talk about it. Last year they had him number two on their player rankings for the Arizona Diamondbacks when they did their when they did their reviews in 2019. But now, 2020, how the mighty have fallen. Now he's number 35 and it's not a shocker to see that. Eduardo Esbar was not good in 2020. There's just no way around it. He was basically a shell of himself after coming off a career season 2019. Because let's remind you, 2019, his average was only 269. His OBP was only 320. But he had a 511 slugging, 831 OPS, led the National League in triples with 10, 35 bombs, almost 40 home runs, 118 ribbies. He was a, a true power hitter in the middle of your lineup. But 2020, where did that power go? 212 batting average, 270 slugging, 605 OPS, only four home runs. His power dissipated uh, him. Uh, his power dissipated this season. And if we look at the numbers, Hazy Snake Pit, they, they did a great job of breaking this down. If you look at his strikeout percentage, anything outside the strike zone, uh, Eduardo Espar is not hitting. And that makes sense. You don't want to swing at pitches outside the strike zone. But, but outside the strike zone, when he is chasing, he's striking out at least a quarter of the time. And it doesn't matter what quadrant you're looking at. Top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right. He's striking out at least 25% of the time. And when you're actually looking at the strike zone, the top half of the strike zone, he hasn't been good this year. He's striking out at least 25% of the time, both in the top left and top right of the actual strike zone. So he's not he's not making the contact that he once was. And it's proven in his contact percentage as well. Thank you, AZ Snake Pit, because... When he's swinging outside the strike zone, not only is he striking out, he's not making contact at all. He's never putting the ball in play. He's more often than not just striking out, not even getting you grounders. And when you look at his uh, contact percentage within the strike zone, again, that top half of the strike zone, he is barely making contact. It is all blue because it is cold, but middle, bottom half of the strike zone, that's his sweet spot. And he needs to get back to getting his sweet spot. He needs to get back to making better contact because when you look at his barrel percentage, it just goes to show you why he's not making contact. In 2017 and 2018, his barrel percentage was 8.3%. 2019, it was 7%. So when you look at the MLB average for a barrel percentage, it's 6.4%. 6 6.4%. So in 2017, 2018, and 2019, 
it was above league average with barrel percentage. But in 2020, that plummeted to 5.5%. So this guy's not getting the barrel to the ball. Anything high in a way, he's either striking out or just not making contact at all. So basically a strikeout. So for Eduardo Espar, we need to get back in better shape. We all know about how bad his shape was this season. Toy Lovello has mentioned how he's looked out of shape. And so Eduardo Espar needs to cut down on the weight a little bit, get back to being a, a little bit more spry because he is getting older. He is entering his mid-30s. He's going to be 32 next season. So uh, as you get older, you got to take the weight off. And so this was a guy who we thought could be multi-positional and that's just not the case he's going to be more of a corner infielder dh because of his weight issues right now but if he can lose that weight maybe he could play some second base when we need to put ketel Marte in center field and i'm hoping the weight brings better bat speed to him maybe it'll make him lighter maybe it'll make him swing faster i'm not too sure he needs to get back in the lab and see what works for him because he's not getting the barrel to the bat and he's not making contact and anything up in the strike zone he's not getting good contact either he's striking out more often than not so for eduardo espar he needs to get back to the basics and really has to find his groove again because the d-backs he, he's a critical piece of what the D-backs will want to do. He's supposed to be, you know, maybe the, the cleanup hitter for this team, a guy who's supposed to be, uh, you know, cleaning the bases and bringing these guys home. He's supposed to be our biggest RBI producer. So D-backs need Eduardo Espar to bounce back if they want any chance of making the playoffs in 2021. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone tuned in today. Come back tomorrow because the Locked On D-backs is your team every day. Go follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24, at Locked On Diamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!